This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, July 29th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Always good chatting with you, my friend. Uh, a lot to get into. Um, let's start with the questions from Bucknut subscribers. I put a thread on the front row message board, and um, we're going to get to some of the best questions from Bucknut subscribers on today's show. If you're not a subscriber, subscribe to Bucknuts. It's $9.99 a month, uh, less than that if you do a full year. So um, be a Bucknut subscriber if you're not. That'd be great. Anyway, let's get to it. All right. First question, Mr. Booker, if Ohio State has a top 10 defense this season, which Ryan Day said is the goal, how much can that help with defensive recruiting like immediately? Like if they have a top 10 defense this fall and recruits are seeing that, could we even see some top recruits that have not picked Ohio State that could even flip to the Buckeyes before the early signing period? Or if they have a top 10 defense, might it help more down the road? I think it would be a situation where it helps more down the road. Um, a lot of the top guys are coming off the board right now. Um, and a lot of these kids, Dave, they just want to see uh, proof in the pudding here. Right now in Ohio State's feeling they're selling a vision. They're selling a dream. Um, they're selling how they would potentially utilize these kids. But if they're able to see it, then that's that's a whole different ball game. I think this first cycle with the new coaches – you know, they're going to do the best that they can. It might not be the home run defensive hall that we were all hoping for. But if you can fill the top 10 defense, I think that gives them a lot of uh, a lot of hype on the recruiting trail for the 2024 class. And it actually gives them a lot of credibility. So I would say it will help more down the line for the next cycle. But there's always going to be a few guys from now until December, Dave, or now until February, that they'll be that they'll be able to flip if they're able to field a competent defense. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it sure would be nice to to flip some of these guys that have not picked Ohio State uh, down the stretch this year. I don't know that might be a stretch though. Um, let's get into this though. This is a question that I just had as a follow up to the question from the Bucking Up subscriber uh, G Buck asked the question. So I asked Ryan Day the question. I'm like, what in your mind is a reasonable goal for the defense this year? Like, in, you know, what What do you – what it, you know, entail a, a good season for your defense? And he said the goal is to be a top-10 defense, as we all know now. And I know you loved hearing that. I loved hearing yeah. that. I love that he put it out there. Like, why are you going to say – I've been saying on the show just be a top-25 defense or even top-30. I even said maybe top-40. I'm going to – I'll take it back. I Top-25 at least for me. Um, but I like that. If you're Ryan Day, you can't come out there and say you want a top 25 defense. That can't be the goal. Now, they can still be a right. dynamite team with the top 25 defense 
and the number one offense in the country. I fully believe that. But I like that he came out there and said we want to, you know, the goal is the top 10 defense. My question for you, Jay Book, is that a realistic goal this year, a top 10 defense? Absolutely. And I'm going to call you out, Dave, because last week you hit me with that top 40 defense that you thought that that's where they need to get to. And I said, is way is way too much talent on this roster and the coaching staff is too high paid to settle for a top 40 defense. And I love that Ryan Day came out on the stage, looked at the cameras, looked at the press and said, top 10 defense. This is what we're paying these guys for. This is why Jim Knowles is making two million dollars. This is why. Or the defensive staff, they're one of the highest paid defensive staffs in college football. You look at the talent on that side of the ball. We don't know how good these guys on defense, the current players can be. I truly believe that the previous coaching staff really stunted their growth. And if you listen to Ronnie Hickman, I was driving into work and I heard Ronnie Hickman on XM radio and he basically, uh, kind of detail what they were trying to do he basically said they're going to tease a lot of offenses but the main thing that they're going to be doing is they're going to be flying around and the biggest difference are guys will not have to sit there and think about a thousand things before they actually react like it's going to be an aggressive defense they're going to fly around it's going they're going to disguise things um at the initial snap and so when Ronnie Hickman tells me that, that tells me there's going to be a, a drastic overhaul. And that's what you want to hear. But Ryan Day saying top 10, he's putting the pressure on Jim Knowles. He's putting the pressure on that coaching staff to say, hey, anything less is unacceptable. And, you know, as a as a leader, that's what you want to do. If you're in the sales right. role um, and you have a staff full of top salesmen, you're going to set their goal extremely high and you're going to push them in order to try to obtain that goal. So I think that's perfect what Ryan Day was saying because we all seen it. He has no bones about firing somebody if they don't live up to the expectations. And we don't want this to be a revolving door type of situation. So fingers crossed that these guys can actually live up to what his expectations are when it comes to being a top 10 defense. I said if they're a top 25 defense on last week's show, lock it up. They're going to win the national championship. Man, you tell me they're a top 10 defense? Bet bet everything. I mean, if they're a top (laughs) 10 defense to go with this offense, again, I fully believe if they're a top 25 defense nationally, because the schedule's tougher this year. Um, If they're a top 25 defense nationally with this offense, I think they're going to win the national title. If they're a top 10 defense, put their name on the trophy right now. Um, Right. Let's get to this. we got a a lot of questions. Um, this is another Bucknut subscriber saying, you know, when the college football playoff inevitably expands, we all know it's going to expand eventually. Um, how many teams would we like to see? When we go see just six, six isn't even going to happen. I, I've been beating the drum. Six might be nice. That's not going to happen. Uh, where the top two would get a buy. Eight um, is probably the least amount. 16 is probably the most. What, what do you think they'll do? I would like to see a 12 team, Dave. I know um, Barry Alvarez said that. Uh, recently came out, I think it was Big Ten Media Days when Wisconsin was over there, basically saying that he's seeing a lot of momentum. There's a lot of proposals that have been drummed up recently, even up to 16 teams. I think 16 is a little too much for me. I think if you can go 12, you get automatic qualifiers. Uh, And then at that point with the Big Ten expansion, I think that gives you an opportunity to at least get, you know, two at least two, maybe three Big Ten teams in there. 
And I would like to see some of those, you know, smaller schools get a crack at the bat. And on top of that, let's get their on-campus atmosphere games. I know Gene Smith yeah. is a not he's not a huge proponent yeah. of saying, hey, uh, come to Columbus in January uh, or, you know, into December to play a playoff game. Works but- in the NFL. Works in the NFL, man. Hey, bring those down south boys up across the Mason-Dixon line in January, and let's see what them Georgia boys or them Alabama boys do when they come to the shoe. And you know that's going to be a a rowdy atmosphere because there's so much on the line at State. And Ohio State fans, they're going to have a point to prove to show these SEC schools what it's like to come and play in our backyard when the, the temperature is in our favor. So I think that that would be my my way to go. Twelve teams, home field advantage. Do it. Do it similar to the NFL. Maybe give you know your your top two teams, top four teams, however you want to shake out uh, a buy. I don't have it in front of me, um, but that's the way I go. I think sixteen would be a little too much. Once you start getting to sixteen, now you're talking about watering down the regular season because you can get three lost teams into the actual playoffs. Yeah, 16 would be a lot like the NCAA tournament in basketball because you got like like 350 D1 basketball teams and 68 make the NCAA tournament. And you got about, what, 130 um, D1 football teams and then then 16 would make it. That's too many. That's just too many. I'm going to go with eight. Now, if I had to bet my life, I bet eventually they're going to go to 16. I bet they will. (laughs) Follow the money, right, my man? Um, I would like eight and – the one thing that I really, you know, at first I was like, I just hope they kept it at four. I just like four, but um, it had been working out well for Ohio State there for a while. But um, I, I like eight, and the biggest reason is what you mentioned. I love the idea of quarterfinal games on campus. So if Ohio State's the number two seed and LSU's the seven seed, they're coming to the horseshoe in December. And again, we only need to use the NFL example. And really the yeah. weather hasn't even been that bad here in, in Ohio the last couple of Decembers. I mean, the Bengals had a playoff game against the Raiders in early January. You would have thought it was like a nice spring day. So they can do it in the NFL. They can certainly do it in college football. I'm going to go with eight. Jay Book's answer is 12. All right. Long question here from a subscriber. Jay Book, are recruits looking to take the most money up front for a year? Some recruits. Are some recruits looking to take the most money up front for a year and then transfer to a school like Ohio State that isn't giving up front cash? What do you think? Uh, you know, there are some kids are they're you know, looking for the immediate gratification when it comes to NIL, when it gets cash, but the way Ohio state goes about their business, Ohio state is just not a revolving door when it comes to getting guys in the transfer portal. And I will say this, Dave, you know, especially at the defensive tackle position and, and maybe offensive line, there are needs that Ohio state will probably need to address in the transfer portal. Um, but some of these kids, if they're getting cash up front and they're happy and they're playing, then they'll probably stay at the school that they're at. I don't know if it's going to benefit Ohio State when it comes to a lot of these kids transferring, but if you're to believe what the NCAA is trying to push to where kids can transfer anytime without any type, any type of ramifications, so you can play at four different universities throughout your career or five, if it's up to the NCAA, if this new rule passed, then who knows? All bets are off. I mean, I would hate to be these coaches when it comes to trying to roster manage. Yeah, I mean, to answer the question, I, I agree with you. I don't think recruits are really looking to – I don't think that they're plotting it out that like quite like that. I think it's more like that they're just looking around and all of a sudden a program that maybe wouldn't be their first choice but they still like 
Um, they end up kind of falling in love with it because they wine them and dine them. And then it's because they throw the most money at them. I think the re- these recruits plan on staying at those schools. Now, will some of them change their mind after a year? Of course that's going to happen where a, a kid's going to go to a school that he even he knows deep down would not have been his first choice if they didn't give him the most NIL money. And then he sees, ooh, I could go to Ohio State, make even more money now that, you know, because – they, once you're at Ohio State, you can make a ton of money. Just ask the guys that were at uh, the player reps for Ohio State at Big Ten Media Days. C.J. Stroud talking about he's paying his mother's bills. He's driving a Benz. I mean, just, I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba, what he's making. Even Ronnie Hickman. Ronnie Hickman's not a star on their level. He's being very well taken care of. So I think we'll see it, but I don't think the recruits are planning it. All right. I like this next one. Everybody's wondering this. This guy just gets right into it. Um he just says it was a, actually a longer question on our message board, but I, you know, I edited it, it down a little bit. <laughs> he says, "How stupid Jay Book was it to start NIL with no guardrails in place?" And um, I put a follow up in there. This is my own. Can guardrails even be put in place? You have a lot. I will say this: it's easy to say there's no way guardrails can be put in place, but there are a lot of powerful people who want guardrails put in place. That tells me there might be. I don't know how they're going to do it. But anyway, answer the question, my friend. How stupid was it to start it without guardrails? And can guardrails be put in place at this point? It was very stupid. Once the Supreme Court uh, pretty much smacked down the NCAA 9-0 and in today's climate, in order for you to get all Supreme Court justices to agree on one thing uh, unanimously, that tells you how they feel about the NCAA. Once they went 9-0 and the NCAA said, okay, fine, we're just going to open up the floodgates. I think the NCAA purposely did that and not have any guardrails because they know they knew it would just be absolute mayhem. Um, So, yes, it was stupid to answer the question. Can there be any guardrails put in place? I'm skeptical. I know we had talked about this initially when it happened. And what you have is a situation to where each individual state has their own rules and regulations. Now, we all know a lot of these schools, especially down south, they don't care about state legislation and state rules. They're going to do what they need to do in order to secure the top recruits. But in order to have any type of guardrails, you're going to need everybody to agree to this and actually try to abide by those actual guardrails. Now that the cat's out of the bag, I can't see how you're going to be able to, you know, really reel in some of these teams that are absolutely going nuts. The only way that I see you're going to actually have some type of guardrails, Dave, is if you see these booster collectors absolutely get burned. And what I mean that is you're going to see kids getting paid, transferring out, kids getting paid ridiculous amount of money, when and they was- don't, per- yeah, and they don't perform to the level that these kids are being paid for. I mean, there was there was the uh, I think I was reading an article not too long ago, but the USC uh, transfer quarterback transfer from Oklahoma. They're saying he's making five million dollars. I mean, you, you look at you know what some of these some of these kids are are making. They're being paid more than what some of these NFL players that that are getting drafted in the third third round and later. So you have to ask yourself: Will this kid be motivated to 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 be the best football player that he's going to be now that he already secured the bag and he doesn't have that carrot out front that he's chasing after? That's where I see you could potentially have guardrails to where people is like, you know what? Maybe it's not the brightest idea to throw $25 million a year at a recruiting class. We have a comment I want to get to real quick. A question 
kind of a comment and a question from Michael on uh, Facebook. What did you think of Desmond Howard's declaration that Michigan has the strongest receiving core in the Big Ten? I'll just say this. Ignore anything Desmond Howard says. Like, don't feed the trolls. Anything you want to add? I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, and they have a pretty good receiving core with Ronnie Bell coming back. I mean, there's right. no way in hell they have a better receiving core than Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, Marvin Harrison Jr., Mekek Buka, Julian Fleming, Jaden Ballard, on and on and on. Um, it's it's another absurd thing that Desmond says. I, I just just ignore Desmond Howard, my friends. Desmond talked like he on the message boards on national TV. <laughs> and and the guy on the message board who's the guy that everybody doesn't like. You know, <laughs> he like, gets a, he collects a bunch of he collects a bunch of down votes every time he says something on a message board. That's who Desmond Howard is. Yeah, yeah. We all know who we're talking about. Certain guys on message boards um, that uh, everybody just doesn't like. Um, that's Desmond Howard. Don't feed the trolls, my friends. All right, here we go. All right, this is right in your backyard. Um, kind of a interesting question here from a Bucknut subscriber. Um, there are two teams um, in. I spelled Chandler wrong, by the way. I see. Um, I should probably put my reading glasses on. Um, there are two programs in Arizona um, ranked in the top eight in the country by Sports Illustrated entering this uh, high school season, uh, preseason rankings. Uh, one of them, of course, uh, being uh, Chandler there with uh, Dominic Rayola, Ohio State's uh, commit in the 2024 class, the number one quarterback in the country, the number one overall player in the country in the 2024 class. Basically, Jay Buck, he wants to know, um, what are the reasons for programs suddenly jumping up and becoming like national powers? You know, schools that aren't like the IMGs, you know, these all of a sudden Chandler's now a, a powerhouse program. What are the reasons behind that? Um, I would say in, in Arizona, those two programs have always been the top dogs when it comes to playing against the top competition, not afraid to travel out of state, play some of those guys. Um, there's three actual programs. There's Chaparral. That's where Jack Miller came from. Um, that's Saguaro, where uh, Burt is from, and that's right around the corner from where I'm at. And then you have Chandler down there. I mean, these schools are massive. You're talking about down there in Chandler, you know, three – 4,000 kids that enrolled there. Um, and then you look at the Phoenix Metro. Uh, Phoenix Metro, I think I was reading something in the, in the local paper, says something like 200 to, to 300 people move here every single day. So you you look at that, that type of growth. And with California, a lot of Californians moved to Arizona because of the COVID. With a lot of people uh, working remote, they basically said it's cheaper to, to live in Arizona as opposed to California if I'm going to still keep my same job and be remote. So a lot of talent is coming into the actual Valley. But those three teams, uh, Chaparral, Saguaro, and Chandler, those are powerhouse teams. They pump out a lot of talent. I will say that, uh, you know, what's what's the kid, uh, what's the kid, Dave, that went to Michigan, played for the Titans, offense alignment? He's, he's kind of a – Taylor Lewong. Taylor Lewine, he's a he's a high head. He went to Saguaro. So even back when he was in high school, I would go check out some of those games. And they had a ton of kids, um, you know, in, in, in his program way back then that were pumping out a lot of kids. So um, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to go catch a couple of Dylan's games this year to see how he does. But they should be absolutely stacked this year. Yeah, that's going to be fun watching him. And he's He's not going to reclassify, which I'm glad. I mean, I, you know, I think, you know, keep him in 2024, man. You know, let Devin Brown and Kyle McCord fight it out next year. Um, I think it might be Devin Brown. If I had a bet right now, and I like Kyle McCord a lot. So we'll see. That's going to be that's going to be the topic that we talk about all of the offseason. I'm just looking forward to this 2022 season. This yeah. roster is stacked. I loved going to Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis. 
last couple or last, you know, previous two days. All right, let's get to this. You know, obviously the Buckeyes uh, missed out on Caleb Downs and people um, no, did not take that too well on the message boards. Um, but we did have somebody who's like, you know, trying to talk people off the ledge and, and, and backs up um, his argument pretty well here. This comes from Nurk Buck saying, you know, with guys like, you know, they've got a lot of young safeties in the pipeline, guys that are already on the team and guys that are coming in. So you're talking about, you know, guys like, you know, Jansen Dunn, who looked good before he got injured last year, and he's going to start camp healthy. Kai Stokes looks like a future star. He's a true freshman. Um, Malik Hartford coming in next year. Um, and then Court Williams and Sonny Styles. you know. We're not talking about Ronnie Hickman and, um, you know, Josh Proctor since they're probably going to be gone. We're talking about long-term. Basically, he's saying he doesn't see the need for panicking, you know, losing guys like Caleb Downs. My counter to that would be, man, Caleb Downs would have been this year's class as Vaughn Bell. Where everybody right. in that and they're saying, oh, there's, there's no way Ohio State's going to pull the number one safety in the country out of the South. No way. Not when Alabama won. No way. And then Von Bell did it, and it was like, whoa. Um, but I see what he's saying. I mean, it's not like time for panic. It just really would have been nice to land Caleb Downs, though. He's not wrong, and he backed it up with facts with the guys that you know that he listed. But I will, I will say this: two points. This is a, sta- a safety-driven defense with yeah. with Jim Knowles looking to put three safeties back there. Caleb Downs is special. He is one of those guys that's going to be a leader. He's going to be a potential NFL type of player. And if you get him, it only strengthens the, the secondary. The reason Alabama's so good is because class after class after class after class, they're stacking the Caleb Downs of the world all across the field. So, yeah, Ohio State has guys, but if you're looking to try to knock the crown off of Nick Saban's head, you got to be able to win those type of battles. Yes, we got some guys there. Have they proved anything yet? No, but I'd rather take my chances with the Caleb Downs type of guys coming to Ohio State because it's two foes. It's a body blow to Nick Saban because he really wanted them. He really wanted Caleb Downs. And two, because we're, we're running a safety-driven defense, he could be the guy that really makes an impact on the field immediately. Two people back to back, one on Facebook, uh, one on YouTube, saying, "Win the national championship, and the recruits will come. Build it, and they will come." I agree with that. Um, winning a national title never hurts in the the recruiting mold. All right, one more question from Bucknut subscribers here: um, Would you guys be in favor of an NCAA rule that once a recruit makes a commitment, they cannot have any contact with any other schools, and other schools have to stop recruiting them? Basically, saying that it'd be like a verbal commitment would then turn into, you know, a national letter of intent where you're, you're, you're locked in. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I don't know if I would be in favor nah. of that. Because what if nah. the recruit picks a school and then the coach leaves? There would right. have to be some, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I agree. That was, that was going to be the point that I make. And I know a lot of people, um, you know, are, you know, kind of soured. This has been a terrible recruiting month for Ohio state in July and, you know, you look at some of the guys that they're saying are potential guys that may flip away from us. And I will say this, Ohio State has benefited significantly from flipping kids to Ohio State. So right. you can't have it both ways. You know, if you're going to limit the, the talent pool by saying putting this rule, you're also limiting Ohio State's ability to go after a kid. So let's say we have a top 10 defense midway through the season and some kids like, oh, Ohio State, you know, hey, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to come up for the Michigan game. But if that rule's in place, nope, can't do it. So I would say no. 
I agree with you. Well, great stuff. This has been a fun show. Really appreciate everybody, everybody joining us here on a Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Thank God we have Jay Book on the Friday five-ish. Great seeing you, my friend. Uh, thank you to all of the listeners and viewers out there. Thank you for the comments and questions. Uh, thanks again to Jay Book. Thanks to all of you. If you like the show, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review. All that stuff uh, really helps. Uh, thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.